Well, I think I'm on a winning streak here. It's four episodes in a row. That's four in one week. Oh, four in one week. <laughs> four in four weeks. So what is this episode about? Um, for those of you who just stumbled across this podcast, this is the Happy Startup School uh, community podcast. It's really a podcast for me um, to just get into a habit of creating podcasts, really. And at the moment, it's talking to community members about ideas that be coming up in the community. And this episode is with Mike Coulter, and we're talking about using tiny habits to get out of this procrastination that we find ourselves in. A lot of members can find themselves in. So how do we do that? Listen to this episode and you will find out how. So yes, podcast take two. Now, I, I had promised myself that I was just going to get these podcasts out uh, how whatever format they are and just publish them as quickly as possible uh, and without procrastinating and, and this podcast is finally a podcast uh, about procrastination um, now we recorded uh, I, I'm here with Mike Mike Coulter is a member of the community he is a, a tiny habits coach he, he used to be an advertising copywriter but I'll, I'll get him to tell you more about his story in a minute we recorded this yesterday. It was going swimmingly. And then I think, actually, I was going to say it was a screw-up on Mike's part, but probably not. It wasn't even Cornell's internet screw-up. It was my screw-up, actually, and it was to do with my Apple AirPods. But that's a bit of detail that really isn't relevant to this podcast. So we have a structure. We're going to rattle through it. I'm going to prepare you, and I want to, I want to share. For those of you who are trying to do podcasts, we have a topic map, and we're going to break it down. We're going to do short intro for two minutes which i've already taken a minute of we're going to talk about why we procrastinate for seven minutes then we're going to give you an idea of why creating a habit can make you take action and get over that barrier of procrastination and we'll close off and summarize so prepare for the ride so i'm going to first off i'm going to hand over to mike to, to just tell a little bit about his journey and his story and, and why he's a member of the happy startup school Hi, Carlos. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Um, why am I a member of the Happy Startup School? Uh, like many people, I, um, I'm self-employed. Uh, I'm, I'm a consultant and workshop leader. I have a, a background in advertising and creativity. And um, the main reason, to be honest, that I joined the Happy Startup School was uh, to bring some accountability into my life um, and also to get some um, support in the journey as I build my business, I think, as many of us know, um, it can be a very, very lonely place out there. So I, I joined for uh, accountability and a, a level of commitment, and um, the community, it's a fantastic community, and I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased I joined. A little bit of background about me, I was a, an advertising copywriter for many years, um, I've seen creativity at the center of everything that I've done. Um, for those of you who know the advertising market industry, I, I've been in DNAD, the awards book, a few times. I was, I was asked to be a, a juror on the DNA copy jury, which is a, a great accolade. And um, it kind of felt good to be part of that community and st still am. But in more recent years, um, I was uh, a creative director at the Do Lectures. I think most people listening to this podcast will know what the Do Lectures is. But for those that don't, think, uh, think TED Talks, like TED Talks, but for cool people. <laughs> and um, I had a very happy two or three years there um, working on particular side projects and uh, running workshops. Uh, and 
about two, two and a half years ago, I had one of the biggest creative projects that I'd ever had from my boss, Dave Hyatt, of, of um, the director who's a, a great creative in his own right, a great creative director in his own right. And I had to produce a 160-page report on the art of side projects, who are the great success stories in side projects around the world. And um, it was a great creative brief, but unfortunately, where I was in my life at that time, there was no way I was going to I was going to do a good job. Um, I had too many bad habits. I uh, was living, let's call it, an ill-advised lifestyle, and um, I had to be on my ear game for this project. And unfortunately, I was living somewhere in my F game. And around this time, I, I visited something I knew about, but had been putting off for years. A thing called Tiny Habits, uh, a behavior change method from a a very gifted professor at Stanford University, a, a way to change our behavior quickly and effectively. And I used that to work on this three-month project, and it absolutely turned my life around. And, and that's um, one reason I'm here today to talk about how I used the tiny habits method to stop procrastinating, to stop putting things off, to get out of my own way and get on with, with building a career. So that's kind of like my background. Cool. Excellent. So this whole procrastination thing, is, is, I think for us at the, uh, the Happy Startup School, a lot of people who uh, come to our community, they want to kick off their business idea, kick off their startup. And, and one of the messages that we, we put out there is like, stop dreaming and start doing. And we had a conversation yesterday and you, and I think one of the the thing that stuck out there is yeah you had an issue with Simon Sinek and this whole start with why, yeah and how that can actually stop a lot of people from making things happen. So you know, kind of elaborate on your thesis there, Mike. I happily, Carlos. Uh, I, I just not one that gets stuck on semantics, but I, it wasn't so much that I I had an issue with it. Uh, I had an observation about how uh, Simon Sinek, Sinek, <laughs> I hope you don't pronounce it Sinek, uh, Simon <laughs> Sinek, um, uh, about his, his model um, for why and, and purpose. I think he's right on the money in many, many ways in terms of the whole why and purpose thing, and I think he's got this thing called the golden circle. I just think they're slightly out of order. Um, in, in terms of um, getting ourselves into action, um, for those that are familiar with it, and those that are not familiar with it, um, there's like a bullseye, concentric circles, and on the outside is the word "what." You know, what, 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 what what's your, what, you know, what is it you want to do? There's um, in the middle section is the middle concentric circle towards the bullseye is how, how do you do this? And then there's the core, the, the bullseye is why. Why am I doing this? What is our purpose? And this is, I guess, a, a voyage of discovery, and it's very, very powerful as a, a compass for all of us to navigate our, 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 our way in the world. And particularly if you're a startup, particularly if you're a member of the Happy Startup School. My, my observation is this, though, that, and it's, it's, it's pretty much to do with, if we're focusing on the what and the why, the way I look at things, that they're kind of information and knowledge-based things. Um, you know, and, and we know from the research that knowledge alone you know, an inquiry into our why, our purpose, an inquiry into what it is that we want to do, what what kind of stake we want to drive in the ground. An inquiry into that, we know that knowledge alone does not change behaviour. We all know that through through personal personal experience. We think it does. We 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 kind of um, pretend that it does. Oh, I'll just watch another TED talk. I'll read another blog post from a 
US Navy SEAL who gets up at 4.30 in the morning, has cold showers, and then, you know, ruins <laughs> the world. Or I'll watch another Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, God, no. That I, have to, that I have to crush it. And that simply isn't my, my experience. Um, I think the truth is most people don't need self-help books and guidance about the what and the why in, in, in terms to, to change their behavior. What they need to do is do stuff to get into action. And as I say, this is, this is you know, the research supports all this. So that was my thing about the, the actual, it was the order of, 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 of Simon's thing. It was, you know, the outer circle's the what, the, the second circle's the how, and the, the core of it is the why. I, I think, I think that that's a little bit of a problem. I think it's more like this. I think the outer circle is why, get your compass, why am I doing this? Then get a bit more granular and a bit more specific. Okay, now I know what my why is. What do I do to achieve this? What do I need to do? What do I need to get in place? And then the, the, the most important thing to me is how do I get myself to act? How do I get myself into gear and do stuff on this information? Because I feel that spending too much time on the why and the what and not enough time on the how is a form of procrastination. It's putting stuff off. I'll watch another TED Talk. I must have this thing absolutely dialed in and nailed down before I start to do anything. And we never get anywhere. And that's why the, the kind of notion of the minimum viable product, minimum viable product is a good idea. Or the, the guy who taught me at Stanford, from Stanford University, BJ Fogg, he talks about crummy or crappy trials. See what <laughs> happens, but get out there and try stuff. And I think that's a problem. I'm speaking from personal experience now that I, um, I spent too long, I'm talking years, pushing on decades, putting stuff off, procrastinating. And when I learned tiny habits, I learned how to get into gear and actually do stuff. And that was, that was a massive change for me. No, I think that I know, for me that makes a lot of sense in terms of um, with one way of looking. The Simon Sinek's work can be interpreted is it's a linear approach, uh, and particularly when he uses the word "start with why," it's like okay, I start with why. I really understand my purpose, and then once I've got that nailed down, I then go and do the how and the what. So that could be misinterpreted, I believe, for people that until they understand the meaning and purpose of the work they're supposed to do in the world, then it isn't worth doing anything. But what we know is that we could spend ages trying to understand our why and never really get to the bottom of it. And over that time, years have gone by, time has passed, uh, and nothing's happened. Um, so yeah, I, that's I my understanding of that. Yeah, but I, 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 I'm, I'm quite. I think I've seen somewhere though, and I may be wrong about this. That that uh, Simon himself has said that actually you don't have to uncover, uh, discover, uh, unfold the why from the get go. That it becomes something that actually shows up and appears to you as you're doing stuff. And mm. I think that's, I think that's quite interesting, and, and that kind of fits with my. My, my kind of uh, model of it. But what I would say is that the, the one thing I found when I was procrastinating, um, when I was a you know, world-class procrastinator, um, I read this really interesting book by, um, what the hell was his name now? Um, Scott Adams. I'll, actually, at, at the end of the, the, the interview, or on, when, when the podcast goes, goes live, Carlos, I guess we'll put some show notes up and some links for people at the end. Yeah? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> No, no, okay. Well, I'll, I'll I'll put a post out on the Happy Start. So I'll put some out somewhere, somewhere. Because, um, yeah, this was a book, and it, it was it was it was an amazing book for me because it was it was title was something like 
how to screw up at pretty much everything and still make a success of your life. And I, I, oh, I love it, that. Oh, yeah. But I find it a fantastic play. But, and essentially, it comes, it, essentially what I took out of it was, was this, that for all of us to get on in life, you know, for as members of the Happy Startup School or any startup or, you know, any, any, anybody out there, it's, it's a good idea to have a playbook, a system, a, a game plan. He talks about systems over goals. What will I do consistently in the service of developing my business and my own life and a happy, healthy, better, richer life? What's my playbook? What can I actually measure? What can I see myself? What, how can I see myself making progress every day? And, and I think what's really interesting about this is that when we're looking at the, all the information, like the blog posts, like how Navy SEALs live their lives, like how Gary Vida or Tech Branson, take anyone, what works for them might not work for us. But as a general principle, having a playbook, having a map, having a route, something to, to, to follow is a good idea. Seeing what other people do and then iterating, try what they do, see if it works for you, see if cold showers at 4.30 in the morning work for you, as they may, they may well work for you, don't work for me, and then spank it, go for it. Whereas I think we're all different. We have different characteristics. You know, we're human, and I'm an early bird. I can do tons in the morning, um, but... But I know people that are lousy in the morning and are night owls and are cranking it out at 2 a.m. So I think the first thing is find out what works for us, then divide a system, a methodology of things we will do that we will implement to get us where we want to go. And, and the final thing I'd say about that is I think what's interesting about this is, is this whole phrase about, you know, uh, practice makes perfect. I actually think practice makes progress and try things out and iterate. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's like bringing lean and agile to your own life. And I think that's kind of uh, an interesting way to go forward. Yeah. So the whole, um, there's a, what I hear there's, there's the process of people who do want to start doing things and, and basically making progress. I feel like they're, they're growing and whatever that word growth means, having a, a strategy or an approach that, that will help them build up a habit of doing is is important. I'm very fascinated as well by the even just the getting over the barrier of going from not doing anything to doing something. The zero to one effect. That's that's a, such a massive step change of thinking about an idea and actually making it happen. Yeah. And I and I feel there's a you know the the thing that we identify in the community a lot of the time is. The thing, it needs to be perfect before it comes out. And this is, I think you alluded to that about the minimum lovable product and the lean startup approach is actually not thinking about the things that you need to make as the final thing. You know, it's about the process of doing things is a, is a journey to discovering what it is that's going to be the, the thing that you want to create. Um, and and sort of turning back for me, the whole kind of start with why and understanding your purpose. I'm still on that journey myself, and I don't think you can ever it can ever be something that you you tick off and it's done. And there's lots of stories I feel like that we're fed that really stop us from actually making things happen because we have these these uh, um, these heroes out there mother Teresa, and uh, mahatma gandhi uh mark zuckerberg uh larry and sergey people who seem like all right i've got a mission i'm gonna make it happen and this is gonna be and that's my that's my my why and i'm i just need to execute where i think that probably 99.999 percent 
and this is no no statistics or research behind this. This is purely my guess. I'm trying to validate my own journey. Most of us don't really know what our why is for a long time, and we're just trying to work it out. And I think the biggest trouble, or the the enemy, is waiting for that why to appear, rather than doing stuff in the world, trying trying different shoes on to this to then have that why emerge from the process of doing. Does that make sense? It makes perfect perfect sense, Carlos. And I, I think it, I think just everything you've said there can be summed up with the P word again. We we used I think we, it, there's a danger for some people, me included, of, of of spending time agonizing over the why is a form of procrastination. Mm. Or once I have the why absolutely nailed, then I'll go to market. And, and I've done it in other things. We we did a fantastic course. Um, uh, Nicholas um, Nick of Habsalves uh, ran a, a course on value proposition. And it was fantastic and it was insightful. But I spent ages trying to craft that and get it absolutely word perfect, you know, for a week or two afterwards at the expense of calling people to, to, to go and see them and to set up, you know, to push the, the, business, the business forward. And I, I, I accept it's, a, it, it, it's, a, it's a, a juggling act, but I think that the problem is that um, often the, 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 the hunger and desire to get more information and we think, I need this to, to, to get forward, is, 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 is not right. And actually what we're doing is we're procrastinating. I get a case in point in terms of my own life. When I was, um, I tried for 20 years to build a strong meditation habit and, um, and failed. And um, I, I, I could have written a book on meditation. I knew so, theoretically, I knew so, so much about it. And friends had come to the house and they'd laugh and they'd say, Mike, you've got more books on meditation on your bookshelf than Amazon sells. <laughs> and and the, the sort of the um, evangelical bloody epiphany for me was, you know, I, was, I, I said I'd been struggling 20 years to meditate and I was sat in bed one night, you know, and I was particularly stressed and things like that. And I was sat there and I was reading a book on meditation. I wasn't meditating. I was reading a book on it. And then I, I did a, a, a rough calculation in my head, and I figured out for, for the last 20 years, for, for every probably for about every minute that I'd actually tried the practice of meditation, I'd probably spent about 10 hours reading books. And that was just <laughs> a madness. So, and, and that was another reason why I got into Tiny Habits, I mean, to, 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 to bring that, those protocols to fix things like that that have been broken in my life for years. And meditation, case in point, I used Tiny Habits, and I think it was in about two and a half, three weeks, I got up to, this is 16 months ago, I got up to a 20-minute-a-day meditation habit, and it hasn't budged in, in a, a year and a half. And that, to me, is a superpower. That, and I think that's really um, the useful thing I hope people are going to take away from this, is this, how you built up that, that habit um and it's <clears throat> maybe you just take people along that journey of what it took and how easy it was to, well what it took at the beginning and then how that grew to to see how people then apply that to any other thing they want to create or habit of doing that they want to cultivate for themselves sure okay well 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 tiny habits is a a, a way to systematically change your behavior quickly and easily and it's predicated on the, the tiny habits method is doing the, the, the smallest iteration of the big thing you want to do. That small thing you do just initially, you don't stay on that, on that, on that, on that, on that small level. And the 
the guy who created it is a professor at Stanford, a behavioral scientist called B.J. Fogg. He's got a couple of, you might want to Google a couple of interesting TED Talks uh, he's done. And he realized that, that, that fundamentally that it's simplicity that changes behavior. The problem with a lot of us is that, uh, <laughs> it sounds like an anti-Gary Vee thing, this, but there's a big macho mentality out there about change, which is all to do with crushing it and go big or go home mm. or uh, no pain, no gain or set the bar high. Well, great if that works for you. But my experience was that it, it didn't work. So the moment I started using the, 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 the tiny habits method based on simplicity changes behavior and that behavior change is a skill and that it doesn't rely on motivation, it doesn't rely on willpower, it doesn't rely on grit. It relies on designing a simple set of ground rules or protocols that you follow and you do that consistently. And it's so stupid small, the way you're actually doing is training the skill of building habits, regardless of the subject matter. So a case in point would be that uh, BJ Fogg is one of the famous examples he gives, is flossing teeth. So your hygienist said, you know, you should floss your teeth every day. You say, okay, I'll go, I'll, I'll do it. And you go home that night, and do you floss them? Well, probably <laughs> not. Some, some do, some don't. BJ Fogg says, if you want a strong habit of, of flossing all your teeth, just start with one tooth. Just floss one tooth, then you're done, and that's it. Make sure you've, the floss is there environmentally. You've got the floss handy in the, in the bathroom. Floss your teeth after you, after you brush them and floss, floss one tooth. And I, 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 tried, I tried that when I was learning tiny habits. And what tends to happen is, and we know this, don't we? There's this weird thing. When we start anything, we tend to do a little bit more than we, we anticipated. The problem is that we never start because we think, oh, it's going to be too much of a pain in the ass. That's too big, too big an ask. But tiny habits lets you creep up on behavior change. You do a tiny, tiny iteration, 30 seconds or less. And this can be anything. This can be exercise. It can be doing your VAT or your, your bookkeeping. It can be to do with sorting your e email inbox out. When you scale it back to the tiniest, tiniest iteration, it gets you started. Now, don't get me wrong. This isn't tricking them then say, and then you've got to spend the next hour working on it. After 30 seconds, you're done. Mm. But what happens is the more self-contained, yeah. The, but the more we do things, the easier it gets, and the easier it gets, the more likely we are to do more. And we set the bar low, and then we can raise that bar a bit, and then we raise it a bit more. And, and in my case, I'll give. I'll, let me go back to the meditation example. When I was practicing meditation after failing after twenty years, the, 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 we call them tiny habits recipes. The recipe I had was to, to, to learn to meditate on a regular basis for longest periods of time was that it started really simple. All I had to do on day one was put my meditation chair out and I was done. And it sounded, it sounds stupid and it sounds like, how can that possibly lead to it? Guess what? The next day, all I had to do was put my chair out. The next day, put my, after about four or five days, I had a new habit that had taken 30 seconds I left to put a meditation chair out. That was a, a habit. Mm. So day six or seven, my habit was, after I put the meditation chair out, I'll sit in it. So after about a week, 10 days, I found myself, I'd, I'd sat, I'd, I'd actually done something consistently for 10 days that was a tiny, tiny scale-back version of a full meditation habit. And after about 10 days, I thought, I'll do three breaths here. So for a few days, I did three breaths. And then within two weeks, you know, I was probably doing a minute, two minutes sat there. And then something changed. Something clicked after two weeks. I thought, 
I quite like this. I quite mm. yeah. Because don't get me wrong, I knew how to meditate. Don't forget, I could have written a book on meditation. I didn't need. I didn't need, need to know the what. I knew what. I knew the the the, the, the techniques of meditation. I didn't need to know the why. I, I knew why I want to meditate. I just didn't know how to get my backside sat in that chair every day. And within ten days, two weeks, I cracked it to get my backside sat in it. And then after about two weeks, I was there for five minutes, ten minutes. And as I say, that was 16 months ago. And with, yeah, probably within about three weeks, maybe something like that, I was up to ten minutes a day. And that hasn't budged in, 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 in over that period of time. And now it seems weird not to meditate every day. Hmm. I love that. And I think there's, um, there's, there's something, the thing that sprung up for me that I'm maybe people – I perceive people have challenges with um, is patience and yeah. just and not rushing it. Yeah. And and having that yes, you're only going to put your chair out, but keep with it. Don't don't then say oh it's just a chair and you know done anything. I want to get into the one hour Zen like meditation habit next week. It's actually be very kind to yourself. Yeah, and, and it's this go big. Oh, just just watch out for this go big or hook. Just just think, fuck you, Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> it's like, no, no. This is this is this is. This, remember what we said before. This is my practice. This is my system. You know, the problem I think we have as human beings is that we get into this discourse, this debate, this discussion in our heads. Oh, mm. how can thirty seconds possibly work? How can you know? I, I, no, I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a super achiever. You know, I'm either going to do it for 20 minutes on, or, or, or I'm not going to do it at all. But that's setting the bar high. And, and, and you know, we know where that ends up. Mm. We know that 88% of people who set those big, ambitious New Year resolutions crash and burn by the end of January. Yeah. And getting back, and getting back on, onto the, you know, we think we need more information um, uh, issue. <laughs> you know, the research tells us that um, 90% of people who buy self-help books don't get beyond chapter one. <laughs> and they think, I must read this book and change. And how many people buy books on diet in January? <laughs> do, do you need, do people need, do people need to, 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 to know more about diet? Do people need to know that actually, if you want to lose weight, it's eating sensibly and exercising more. And so, yeah. Buying, I think that buying books about dieting is procrastinating. I think, I think that, 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 that reading medium posts about how a famous Silicon Valley executive um, made his unicorn business great is kind of like entertainment. Mm. It's not going to get me with my small company of one to where I want to get it. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And, that's, and, that's gonna, and the only way I'm going to do that is what, which foot I put in front of the other and, mm. and, and what I do, I, I've got like a kind of an unofficial slogan that I say: show up. This is this is this this just answers your question, by the way. When you were saying about when people say, "Oh, you know, I'm putting this," you know, I want to do 20 minutes, and and, and people this, this this patience question. I say it myself: show up. This is the patience bit segment. Shut up. Shut that internal voice. That that bloody it's mm. nagging away in years, telling you that this is this is crazy. This is not going. So shut up, show up, and see what happens. Love That's the same tiny habits. Because tiny habits, you've only got to spend 30 seconds seeing if it works or not consistently for you know, a week. And then you can, you can say, not for me. And that's fine. But the reason why we're so confident that it works is that, that it, 
when it started in 2012, because it came, you know, it was kind of like spun out of a university, mm. it had to be rigorous in terms of did it work or not. So yeah. 65,000 people have tried that. There's a, we, there's a, we do a free five-day course, and if any of the listeners want to do it, we'll, we'll, we'll share a link. You can sign up for a free five-day five course to try it for yourself. Because it's at university, and you get, you get an email prompt every day to, to help you practice three tiny habits. And, and, and I, I coach people, I use that platform to coach people. But the point is this, that 65,000 people have done this since 2012. And on the Friday, at the end of the Monday, Friday, we send out a, a survey, it's five or six questions, as you, not, not many, it takes 30 seconds a minute to fill in. So we've got hundreds of thousands of data points about people who have done this, of course. And we know whether it works or not, and we know how it works, and we know where it works. So this is not like, um, you know, kind of a, 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 a kite flying. This is based yeah. on science. And I, my, my worry was, I don't, yeah, yeah, rigorous research, empirically proven. And I don't want to get into, uh, I think there's a, 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 there's a different conversation here. There's a load of books out at the moment about changing and building habits. Yeah. And many of them have got some really great advice in them. But most of them, I think, kind of go too far and kind of think, because essentially, you know, you, you can teach someone to change their behavior and build strong habits in about four pages. Four, you, know, you don't need 300 pages. You'll need 300 pages if you want to try and get on the New York Times bestseller list. And some of these books do, in fact, in fairness, say that they were influenced by the work of B.J. Foggart at Stanford University. But then they kind of escalate it out of cool. all common sense. and. Yeah. I'm not sure that a lot of the advice in these books are credible sources. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're people that have had very successful blogs or they're writers on the New York Times who decided to write a book about habits and good luck to them. And the key thing is getting back to having your own system. If you buy these books and you follow their, their advice and it works for you, fantastic and good for you. Yeah. I'm just saying it doesn't work for me. The only thing I've found that works for me is the tiny habits method of, of, of behavior change. Well, it definitely resonates for me, and I, I, I believe that's particularly for people who are who are trying to do something new. Um, <clears throat> I think it's it's vitally important to to have some uh, um, an approach that doesn't they don't have to think too much about. And I'd love to see uh, more habits in the Happy Startup School around doing and making and sharing. And, and I love what you say about basically shut up show up and then see what happens yeah. because particularly that it's that voice in our heads judging whether this is the right thing to do. So I think for people listening, it's like, it, it's all good to start to think about your why and to always consider your why. Cause that's for me, part of the intention. Why do you want to create this habit in the first place? And what is it you're trying to get to, but don't get over obsessed with making that the perfect why also look at creating action and if if it's too big to do right now how do you break it down to something smaller that you can do on a regular basis without judgment and just trust the process to build this ability and this habit of of creating and making and doing and and having an impact on the world around you Hey, Carlos, you could be a tiny habits coach. You did a better job than I could there of, of, of summing it up. Yeah, it's it, exactly that. It's, it's, it's just showing. I mean, I, I read it. I don't know how it 
parachuted into my world. I saw this book title knocking about some weeks. It's nothing to do with tiny habits, but I love it. It's, uh, there's a book out there called, um, I haven't read it, but I just love the title, Start Now, Get Perfect Later. Okay. And it kind Good. of sums it kind of up for me. So I think uh, it will be. I will. I will make a commitment to share a few links on the show notes because, again, following your um, inspired by you, this podcast is initially a, t- a tiny habit for me. So I'm trying to minimise the amount of work it takes to get this thing out there, so yeah. that it, it does become regular. But I will commit to getting your links to the couple of books and also the tiny habits free course and i will make sure to post that within the description of this episode great uh will i will i dm them to you so you've got the yeah yeah just yeah, yeah send me send me a message on the on the happy startups community um and then we'll, i'll share them as also as, as a post to other members but okay thank you very much that's that great um, um i hope everyone listening has now found a, a method or at least are now aware of a method that they can use to create a new habit and particularly for us at the happy startup school i hope that habit is about getting your ideas out there sharing them with other people and then through that process discovering again clarity about what that why is for you Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Carlos. I really enjoyed being here and, and, and sharing the last half hour with you. Thank me. you very much. Uh, I've enjoyed talking to you and you're an inspiration for me as well. Thank you very much, Mike.